I am Agnieszka Wood and on today's show I'm very excited to introduce my special guest Ben Okopnik. Ben has managed to pack several lifetimes into one so far with a broad range of experiences. After emigrating to the US in the 70s, he has been a soldier in the US Army, an electronics technician, a taxi driver in New York City, a blue water sailor, a teacher on mostly computing related topics, and a large variety of other things. One of them, he just told me he was also a Hollywood star. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it that. Very nice having you here. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Agnieszka. Thank you. Ben has been trading about a decade and his trading experience has been mostly in options, surfing the line between quant and discretionary, but includes futures, forex, crypto, DeFi and passive investments. And recently he has been concentrating almost exclusively on learning directional stock trading via the strat. I met Ben on Twitter recently, actually, where we had a very interesting exchange about what you should focus on first when you get into trading in order to be successful, getting your skin in the game or the psychology of trading. And since our belief seems to differ on this topic, I asked Ben to join us today to have this conversation here on my podcast and hopefully shine some light on this intriguing and quite controversial topic. Welcome to episode A Chicken and Egg. Hi Ben again, welcome to my podcast and thank you for being open to discuss your beliefs on this open forum. My pleasure, Agnieszka. Um, I think that putting it as the chicken and the egg, this very much parallels what we're discussing because I don't think either one of us is saying, no, no, only this piece is necessary. No, both are necessary, of course. The question is, where should most of the focus be? And that's, that's a great discussion itself. So looking forward to it. That's awesome. Ben, when we had our initial conversation, what became very clear to me um, at first was your rational approach. Considering that trading, as you said, is an intensely human activity, one that engages our strongest emotions, we have to learn to approach it rationally, almost mechanically. For me, as a mindset coach, there is so much to unpack here, but let's, let's begin with this. Could you elaborate a little bit more on what you mean with the mechanical approach to trading and how that can help traders with controlling their emotions during trading sessions? Okay. So as, as I'm sure you know, a lot of clinical psychology, right, as, as a coach, I'm sure you know about this, right. comes down to correcting irrational thinking. Right. If somebody says, you know, oh, everybody always hates me. Generalization. Right. <laughs> everybody. Oh, there we go. There we go. So you have to, you have to learn to think rationally because if your perception is not correct, then the outcome of your thoughts and actions is very unlikely to be anything other than random. Right. To me, that is the basis because if you go in and trading, trading particularly focuses that. Any mistakes of rationality, any mistakes in perception, you're going to pay for those directly. Very directly. <laughs> yeah. There is no softening layer. There's no buffer between you and the money. Right. You make a mistake, you're going to pay for it 100% of the time. And so to me, that is, that is the classic foundation of everything else. On top of that, and to me, the layer that has to come next is 
you could you could theoretically say that it's a psychological layer, but also a half and half, I would say, perception of risk. You have to have a rational evaluation of risk, right? And I think that's a lot where it goes wrong, right? Absolutely. Now, in order to do that, you have to have a clear evaluation of what your perception of risk is. How do you establish that? By actually trading, by actually going in and trading, throwing yourself into the environment where you are at risk. Otherwise, you can, you can think about it ahead of time all you want, but until you've done it. Yeah, so you have to feel it. You mean you have to feel the risk mm -hmm. uh, in order to establish your perception of risk? I mean, you can feel how it feels, but is there, you think there is no way to protect yourself up front before you throw yourself to the, you know, fire? Of course, you definitely must uh, risk limit your trades. <laughs> There's no way out of that. You don't just go in, throw your money in and go, well, I'll just sit here and see what happens. No, put in your stop, put in your limit and sit there and watch what happens as the price moves between the two of them. Whichever one of them it hits, whether you win, whether you lose, preferably, and this is interesting, you should lose, preferably. First of all, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. I, I always call, like, especially that very first trade, you know, yeah. the, everyone says lucky trade. I always say this is the unlucky trade because you win that first trade, completely bad expectations. Worst, yes, the worst thing. Worst <laughs> thing that could possibly happen to you is, is you win your first trade. Then you're so excited and your estimation of risk becomes incorrect. That it's the one thing you can't afford. Right. You see that like the, I think the dilemma of many traders is because you say, yeah, you, you have to, you have to put your parameters, you have to put the risk. And that's where I see a lot of times going exactly wrong because they don't. Oh, really? Most of traders who are who are getting into trading, I mean, they open an account and they just put the trade. They don't even think there is, you know, that they can lose. They only think about they can make money. You you may be right, and this to me again comes down to rational estimation of what's you know what's true. You have to look at it rationally. When you put mm -hmm. when you put your money into a trade, the chances of you losing versus winning are exactly the same. The expected as we put it, as we put it in the options world where we do a lot of calculation, the expected value of any trade at entry is zero. Right. That is, if you do a hundred thousand trades, if you go strictly by chances with nothing else influencing it, if you don't have any definite alpha, as we call it, 50,000 of those trades are going to go to the good, 50,000 of them are going, going to go to the bad, the outcome is zero. Yes, and in general, rationally speaking, you, you should know that before placing a trade. Absolutely. But somehow there is this difference between, like the difference between when you go, let's say to a casino, than when you're trading because when you go to a casino i always say the difference is when you want to play the slot machine you first have to put the money in right so you kind of accept the risk and you are actually assuming well i pr i might lose it and that's where you rationally accept mm -hmm. the risk with trading because you don't have to pay up front you have to pay after mm. deep inside 
a lot of traders do not accept that risk. You you may be right to some degree. To me, as soon as you click that button, whether you buy or whether you sell, mm -hmm. you always have some definite every every single trading platform I know of shows you risk versus reward. Mm -hmm. And so the moment you click that button, you are at risk. I mean, you know that. You oh, have yeah. you have an open risk. You may be right in that it is not as clearly, how should I say this, um, does not have the same exact emotional impact as actually taking money out of your pocket and shoving it into a machine. So, exactly. So you're right. You're right to that degree. People don't see those numbers on the screen as being quite as meaningful as taking actual cash out of their pockets yeah. and plunking it down. So I, I would agree with you there. That's why. That's why they. A lot of times they say, "Oh, I have a loss, but I haven't taken it." <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of traders believe that not taking loss is not hurting them. Yeah. And I tell you, I have learned the hard way, mm -hmm. and I have, I have waited years for the price to come back on my very first trade, oh and I can God. tell you, at some point it was a souvenir. I was like, I have this. At that point, after all those splits, I think it was like I had three shares left for the price. The price of that stock was just incredibly high. Well, this whole stock just, you know, never really came back. And I thought this is such a good warning that the price does not have to come back. No, that was the untaken loss. So when when I hear people saying that, I'm like, oh, well, you might learn the hard way. <laughs> I know I did. Again, from the calculated perspective, and, and I'm coming from the perspective of options, there's a, there's a kind of a saying that every options trader basically memorizes from the beginning, and that is volatility is mean reverting, price is not. There is no mean to which the price has to come back to. In fact, it almost never does. If you look at the general trend of prices in, let's say, SPX, it's an upward trend. Mm -hmm. It never reverts. Okay. Yes. From the rational point of view, like if you put those facts on paper, you will agree with that. Mm -hmm. That the moment that traders get into trades, even if they know that, they just they make decisions completely irrational, right? Mm -hmm. Based on emotions. And this is exactly why I say that you have to actually do some trading because then you can sit back, look at your actions and say, Wait, why did I do this? It's the rational thing to do was X, Y, and Z, but I did A, B, and C. Why in the world did I do this? And now, now you have perceptions that are much more aligned or that you can drive back toward rationality because you see yourself acting emotionally. Beforehand, you could say to yourself, oh, I'm going to be cool, calm, and collected. I'm always going to do the right thing. If the price goes against me, I'll just exit. No, you won't. Right. No, you will not. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> That's the, the the two emotions that are completely switching the moment that you enter the trade, uh, the fear and hope, right? They completely go upside down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. I absolutely agreed. Yeah, so let's say for people who are already in trading, right? And and they, they have made so many irrational decisions and now they're, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, I do want to think rationally, but I'm still struggling because those emotions are just simply taking over. How do you do that? Because you have a very rational approach. How do you 
what are the best ways to control your emotions during trading? Do you have any emotions? Because you're thinking rationally, right? Of course. So how, how do you deal with it? So, so there's two things. When you're already trading, and again, you look over your past trades and you say, you know, I'm acting emotionally and I can't stop myself. If you're a, if you're a self-starter like myself, then you look for you look for ways to correct the impact of their of those emotions to set it aside. If you're not, and many people aren't, and there's no there's nothing positive or negative about this, then the best thing to do is to look for a coach like yourself, who has actually thought about this and who can help you redirect your whether redirect your emotions into a more rational channel, or whether to find a mechanical approach to your strategy where your emotions simply can't get involved, no matter what you think, no matter how you feel. Right. You know, as an example, again, let's say that you decide that you're going to always trade with a stop and a limit. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you get into it, oh my God, the price is moving in the wrong direction. Well, if I move the stop away a little bit, <laughs> you understand exactly oh, what yeah. I'm talking about, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. And people will do that. And then the limit, oh, oh, well, maybe the price, yes, price is going in my direction, but... Oh, if I move the limit down, I can at least take some profit. Yeah, right. Wrong thought patterns, right? What do you do about those? Well, you have to correct those misperceptions. You have to have a hard set of rules like, I'm going to do my best to compute what is a reasonable stop and what is a proper limit for this trade. I'm going to set those, and I'm going to walk away from the computer. If need be, I'm going to switch it off. Right. Right. If that's what it takes for you, then do that. Yes. Right. I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, it's funny because you, you, you're talking about those um, perspectives. I, I, I call it in my coaching uh, mindset shifts mm -hmm. because you have to shift your perspective and start thinking what what works in the environment of the market, which is very different than how we normally think, how we how we do things, how we achieve success mm -hmm. in, in our daily life. They're so different. And I think the biggest problem is, is that we just take our perspectives of what we know and we just bring it to the market and we think this is going to work. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to take that and run with it, actually. One of the emotions and the perspectives that we bring in from daily life into the market are not just a little wrong. They're literally 180 degrees away. Correct. I'm not going to say the market is designed because I don't believe that there's anyone sitting there pulling strings, but the market is perfectly configured, perfectly structured to take money away from you. If you think as a, let's call it a civilian, absolutely 100%. If you, oh, oh, look, the, the, the price is trending this way. Therefore, I should, I should get into it. Oh, the price is trending down. Therefore, I should short the stock. Too late. Yes. You are too late. And if you get in at those times, someone will take your money guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's almost like advertising is playing on our emotions and they know exactly how we react, right? Yes. The same way the market is constructed because it's, you know, it's a business model. And I think mm -hmm. everyone has to understand it that just like in a casino, the house always wins. <laughs> right? So it, it is not like you have to trick the market. No, you have to trick yourself mm -hmm. to not think that you you are whoever you think you are you're nobody there right mm -hmm. and, and you're really lucky if you will be able to to pull money out of the market out of that huge machine that is designed for you 
to fail, yeah, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. If you, again, if you come in with those emotions of a civilian, yes, it is absolutely a model that will make you fail. It will take your money. As I, as I call it, all you will do is provide liquidity to professionals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I, I love to call it like just you have to take yourself out of the equation. You, ha you are in your own way. Mm -hmm. Because when you're talking about designing a process that will help you to do those things mechanically, so basically for you, um, you know, like, I don't know, sometimes it might mean placing bracket orders, right? Mm -hmm. And just walking away. Because this, the moment you sit there and you, you're watching and you see all this price movements, your mind is simply going to play with you. It is. I mean, there's no other way. And, and yes, I always say like, yes, you can make it very difficult for yourself and sit there and watch it and, you know, say, no, but I want to be disciplined. I, I have to be strong. <laughs> I'm like, if this is really so difficult for you, why would you do that? Trading is difficult enough. Design the process that will make it easier. If you lose money after 11, stop trading after 11. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh to me, to me, that's actually I, I like to take a kind of an outside perspective mm -hmm. on myself whenever whenever I see myself getting emotional. And this isn't just about trading. Um, this is something I've learned from sources as disparate as Zen Buddhism and yoga and so on. There is a concept of the watcher, which is you, you understand what I'm talking about. Yes. There's a, a sort of a an abstraction of yourself that sits in your head does not judge the awareness right yeah does not judge but just sits there and it is it was absolutely fascinating to me when i started trading to have that to look down onto myself and go look at the emotions you're experiencing all you're doing you you just bought one share the most right. you can lose is maybe a dollar but look at you look at your heartbeat look at your breathing this is amazing that this is happening to you. <laughs> How is this? Yeah. You've been, you know, I, I as as you mentioned, I, I'm a I'm a sailor. I've sailed the ocean. I've been in hurricanes as a soldier. I've been in scenarios where I've been shot at. I've oh, been in wow. some Oh, I, I've been in some <laughs> really amazing stuff in my in my life. And the emotions brought forth by trading, by risking, you know, nothing more than a dollar were so outrageous, were so huge that I just had to sit there and look at it and go, what in the world is happening to you? It's fascinating. It's yeah. Fascinating. And why do you think that is? Is it the scenarios we make in our head that we are scared of? Mm -hmm. Which Absolutely. I think, what is it, 90% of which does never happen? Of course, of course. There, there's the scenarios. There's the average person's concepts of what money is and what it means right money affects us at the deepest level normally we don't think about it money comes in we spend it big deal but as a trader you are again faced with direct gains and losses with nothing between you and the market and i think those things hit you directly in the emotions in ways that most people can't even predict they they don't know what what it is yeah i think that Part of it is um, that a lot of people value themselves through the money, right? Oh, what yes. What they achieve through their success, what they have, what they can, you know, mm -hmm. uh, present to others. So the moment that you are losing money or that you are not having success and you take several losses, 
after each other, even though it can be the most rational thing, right? Because mm -hmm. it's probability. So yeah, it's very probable you're going to be experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Still, it, it hits so much, so deep that the whole confidence and everything about you, you start just doubting yourself as a person, which I find the, whole, the, the trading experience is just so much more than just trading, just because of that I agree. additional emotional side, right? I agree. I, I lost a dollar. I must be worthless as a human being. <laughs> what, what in the world? <laughs> so this is one of the things that makes trading fascinating to me. Now, one of the one of the things that uh, and again, of course, I have I have had to learn enough relevant psychology, trading psychology in order to trade well. I mean, you you basically have no choice. Once you have learned, once you've established something that will produce alpha for you, something that does have a positive return overall, now the only the only things you can work on is improving your execution, obviously, but really mainly yourself. Right? Yeah. And so one of my favorite one one of my favorite things that I ever saw was uh uh Mark Douglas. Of course I'm I'm sure you've heard of Mark Douglas, right? Mark Douglas wrote uh, this wonderful book, Trading in the Zone, and he said something in there that to me is absolutely key. He said, once you have defined how you're going to trade, what your trading strategy is, do 20 trades. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. You do not pay attention to that. You are committed to doing 20 trades, win or lose. Yes. At the end of those 20 trades, now sit back and evaluate. Do you need to change your strategy or do you keep going forward? And I love that concept. That's yeah. another version of what we've been talking about. Yeah, and that's very rational approach, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you manage to stay within that rational area while you're evaluating it, you're actually learning from it and moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of traders mm -hmm. that I talk to that come to me with a problem, they don't even journal or they don't even evaluate because, you know, they simply they're so fed up with the losses that they go like i don't even want to look at this you know <laughs> so that brings me actually um to our second topic yeah. um so most traders that come to me for help they struggle with accepting the risk we talked about a little bit more, uh, already and technically yes they can place the stop mm -hmm. but because of the various emotional reasons they don't accept it so they don't place the stop right and they will keep lowering it or simply remove it now in one of your tweets you mentioned that um, there is nothing anyone can do for them i'm sure the audience does not want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> but basically they need basic education right it has nothing to do with mindset you also mentioned that some people aren't suited for trading just like some aren't suited for truck driving right I, on the other hand, believe that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And throughout my life, I kept proving it to myself every time again. Mm -hmm. So while you're saying focus on the focusing on the mindset before experience in dealing with problems that need that needed uh, doesn't make sense to you. In my mind, if you deal with your mindset first, you can prevent the problems. Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to deal with them or at least you can be prepared how to handle it right so i would love to understand where you're coming from mm -hmm. would you like to elaborate on your point of view sure 
a lot of people come to trading, the thing that drives them into trading is purely emotional. I don't, I don't think there's ever someone, unless you go to school and you get a degree in finance and you go to work for, mm -hmm. you know, Susquehanna or whoever, one of these, one of these big trading houses or market makers. Right. That's a rational path, and that's something that takes years and years of tremendous effort. Mm -hmm. Just like a career, right? You learn it like like you would want to be a doctor, pretty much. That's exactly what it is, yeah. And by that point, you're not really dealing with emotions or any of that stuff. That you have worked through so much, it is such a rational, structured discipline. Frankly, professionals can't afford to have this emotional irrational approach okay that's just not going to happen and so so we're not going to let's set that aside because that's a that's a completely different area so let's talk about retail traders retail traders are i would say always driven by emotion to start trading oh i heard of this guy that made uh you know 10 million dollars in gme in three days from starting from a hundred dollars i want that too gme oh my god they just had earnings last uh last night this morning i i texted my uh or i put in the chat room uh, to my students it's like are there any uh gamestop uh wannabes oh dear <laughs> Like, you guys keep your keep focus you know don't, just make sure you're not biased because it's uh yeah you can really get biased by it right i've i've actually made very good money in gme but certainly not by buying or selling stock by shorting volatility basically by saying uh, around earnings around events like that people are going to get crazy about price they're going to overpay mm. and so i'm i'm willing to take the other side of the trade this is where options come in handy and so, you know, shorting volatility in something like GME around events. Yep. That's that's proven quite profitable. But yeah, but you see, you you trade the uh, you trade the market. You don't trade the uh, the stock, the price, the I want to make money thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's very, oh, very yeah. different. It's the distance that you take, the distance approach, and say, okay, mm -hmm. what what is the what is the real opportunity here? Exactly. Right? Instead of getting sucked into that swirl. Sorry, uh, you were talking. Yeah, no, no, it, it's fine. I, I'm sorry. I also get diverted. Because <laughs> to me, this is trading is absolutely fascinating. All yes. aspects of it, including the psychology of it. And so, as I said, most traders begin trading from an emotional perspective. Right. And as long as they stay with that purely emotional perspective, they're, they're never going to make it. All they're going to do is, you know, contribute liquidity to the market, put money in professionals' pockets, and that's that's the end of that. Um. I think that, again, for those people, if they are stuck, the only next step they can take is either going to someone like yourself or uh, learning about how the psychology of trading works mm -hmm. and changing it themselves. But again, most people are not well suited to that. Yeah, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot yeah. of different perspectives. So if you cannot stand outside of yourself, like you were saying, mm -hmm. and I call it... Um, you know, I call it leader position. Mm, I like uh, it. Yeah. Yes, and and I, during my program, I um, I have uh, I review sessions, trading sessions of my students. Mm -hmm. So I also pay very much attention to their body language because you know you have. Oh, yeah. I can tell whether you are in a leader position or if you are in an operator mode, right? And most 
traders begin in the operator mm -hmm. mode with you know 90% time spent on clicking the buttons. Mm -hmm. They're hunched over. They're you know. Totally. Totally. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> All the classic like signals. Your hand over that mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Warren Buffett actually has this uh, has this thing that he tells people once in a while, and I think it's a wonderful idea. He said, if you had a card with 10 spots on it where you could only every time you took a trade for the rest of your life uh -huh. you had to punch one of those things out if you could only take 10 trades for the rest of your life how careful would you be entering those trades yeah it's you know i think that the waiting for the opportunity um is the most difficult thing for people to do because that means pretty much doing nothing mm -hmm. or distracting yourself from trading but if you're my, so, so you're saying basically the, the when people are uh, focused on the emotions, um, I call it focus on the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't afford to do that. Cannot. Yeah, switching yeah. the focus to the process—that's just such a significant change of perspective or mindset shifts. Hmm? And then just work out what your process is, and if you what you were saying like. Um, um, if you do those 20 trades, right, um, and they don't work or they work, now you can work on the process. Mm -hmm. but what do most traders do? They ask themselves, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did I do wrong? So tell me about your journey, about your trading journey. How, how do you tackle the challenges? Because, you know, um, since you were in the military, um, there's a lot of military, um, former military people who are trading and they're doing great because of the discipline, right? Do you see it, how it contributed to your trading? Yes, I, I do. It's it's somewhat indirect. My military experience is quite a while back. It's it's interesting. I was actually at a veterans meetup this morning, oh, wow. uh, which happens every every two weeks. So just uh, just so happens. <laughs> but yes, mission orientation. Um working out the structure of the mission and executing it you learn you not only learn those things you sort of inculcate them into your life process in the military is just something that you learn to do and yeah that that definitely does relate to trading so how do you deal with uh, with distractions that take your focus away from that mission you <laughs> you don't let them distract you do you just you just reject the thoughts? No, there's a there's a there's a thing called mission focus. All right, mm -hmm. this is the primary thing. You got to keep your eye on the ball. If something happens that is distracting, you have to give it some weight because some distractions are actually threatening to the mission or whatever it happens to be, and that's the only evaluation that you do. Is it a threat to the mission? If so, how much? How much of the mission effort do I have to devote to it? If so. But other than that, no, you, you judge it again from a rational perspective, even though the impact is emotional. I see. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. So that you basically what you do is you evaluating it. Mm -hmm. But looking mm -hmm. at your mission has this impact on my mission. So you basically just look. It, it's, it's pretty much like when you have trading strategy, right? And you have all these opportunities coming mm -hmm. at you. All you have to do is evaluate, is this fitting into my strategy? Is this fitting into my strategy? Is this 
is this what I want? Is this what I said I want? Yeah, and um, you have to learn. You have to learn as a as a great coping skill in trading. You have to learn to stop making deals with yourself. <laughs> no negotiations. <laughs> no, no negotiation. Oh, but you know, but this is really close. Okay, I maybe I haven't seen the exact trade that I want, but you know, this is really close, and maybe I should risk a little. No, no, don't do that. Do not do that. Yeah, I have I have a few extra punch cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah, definitely a bad idea. If you have to convince yourself, I always say. Well, if you don't see a setup, if it's if it doesn't jump out at you, it's probably not there. In one of your messages, uh, you mentioned that you are still going for basic competence in trading, right? And that what I'm talking about sounds like good. The, the, the things that I am talking about sounds like a good next level thing and stuff to aspire once you get those basics mm -hmm. ironed out. And in this case, I was talking about being mm -hmm. present in the moment. Now I understand that you are also actually talking about being that observer. So we are actually talking about the same thing, which I consider a basic mm -hmm. competence for every trader being present in the moment, simply because if your mind wanders into the past and brings a pain from previous losses, right, or it runs into the future and triggers this high oh. expectations of yourself, all the money you're going to make mm -hmm. or, or fears, all the money you're going to lose, this will impact your decision making process, right? So then you basically let the emotions decide about your trades. So this brings us to the question, what comes first, a chicken or an egg? I was just thinking that that's a very exact parallel to the whole chicken or the egg. And so Again, to me, you have to have, you have to at least experience how trading impacts you. Mm -hmm. And going from there forward, how much of the emotional basis can you shift to the rational? How much of it do you need help with? How much can you do by yourself? And so possibly, again, chicken versus egg, maybe both, maybe, you know, maybe both coming up at the same time. Yeah. Uh, by via ramping process, you can do so much of one, then a little more of the other, then a little more of one, then a little more of the other. And so perhaps it's that sort of ramp up process. Hmm. Yeah. And you know, actually, when you were talking about it, mm -hmm. what I notice is, or what I noticed, um, how, how we are being impacted our decisions is uh, because of our experiences from the past, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people would say, yeah, but I am just like this because of all these things that happened to me. And in fact, those are all irrational thoughts because mm -hmm. you're taking something that happened maybe 20 years ago and now you're, you're bringing it into your trading that those thoughts have nothing to do or even that those experiences have nothing to do with your trading. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty irrational thing to do. Right. Even though people are trying to make it rational because they say, yeah, but this is the way I am. No, the reality is the market does not care about your story. That's a good point. It absolutely does not care. Either you did the right thing or you're going to lose. So it's really about doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. One of my, one of my favorite, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, uh, uh, Nicholas, uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. 
he's the guy who came up with the black swan theory. Uh, absolutely fascinating guy. Good thinker. Really, really good thinker. And many years ago, he um, wrote a white paper with a guy named Espen Hogg about how market makers evaluate risk in options. Uh-huh. And there's a, there's a wonderful quote from it that I just love. He said, trading is neither philosophy nor mathematics. It is a rich craft with traders learning from traders or copying other traders and tricks developed under evolutionary pressures in a bottom-up manner. It is techne, not episteme, meaning that is craft rather than academic knowledge. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so academic knowledge... That's amazing. You can sit and study as long as you want. It will not help you until you actually experience it. It's, it's like wood carving, for example. You can sit and read about wood carving for the rest of your life. But until you put that knife to the wood, right, you will not know what it is to actually carve wood. Yeah. So, yes, so the, that's about the experience. And then the risk that goes with the experience, you can also read about it and you should read about it and you should learn yes. about it so that you know what to expect. But as if you do not trade, you will never experience it. So you will actually never know what your reaction will be and that is exactly my point yes so yeah the circle is around the mindset is important and the experience is important mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I agree that's wonderful now okay so so here's here's something else have you ever heard of uh turtle traders no oh so this is fascinating there's a book i i believe it was called the turtle trading method or something but this was an experiment that came from a bet between two very successful Chicago uh, futures traders, mm -hmm. William Eckhart and Richard Dennis. Okay, And Eckhart believed that you had to be born with the right emotional makeup and could not trade successfully without it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis, on the other hand, believed the opposite, that he could grow traders like they grow turtles in Singapore, <laughs> was his exact statement. He had, he had just been to Singapore and he saw how they grow turtles in these ponds, and he, he said, yeah, we can do this. And so Dennis put out this ad that uh, I think a lot of people simply didn't believe, that they could just go to work for one of the most successful traders in the world, and he would teach them how to trade. Good God. And so he assembled a group of people who had either never traded before or did some trading and you know perhaps were unsuccessful, it didn't really matter much, and he taught them a very simple strategy mm -hmm. and the key was as long as they stuck to that strategy they would make money and as it turned out dennis was right every turtle trader who was able to follow his rules became a successful trader some went on to make fortunes create hedge funds on their own but when you say was able to follow the rules how did he how were they able i mean it's because that's where the emotions come in right Right. Oh, or where they, did they all have this special makeup? Nope. Nope. And that this was exactly the, the difference between the two sides of the bet. Mm -hmm. They did not have to have a special emotional makeup. The rules were clear cut. They were, they were simply when the market has been, and, and I don't remember exactly what the rules were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not particularly applicable to today, by the way with computer trading systems and so on mm -hmm. but it was something like 
if the market dips below a certain percentage uh, for X number of days, you enter, if it stays above, you exit, whatever it happened to be, but they were purely rational mechanistic rules. Now comes the point that you're talking about, which is they started following these rules. And it, now you have to remember, they were not using their own money. They were trading specifically for this firm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's different. But still, when you trade money, especially large amounts of money in the market, those emotions are still going to hit you. Right? Now, in the second part of the book, once these, once these folks started trading and were able to execute the rules and so on, now the emotions hit them. Oh, that's so interesting. Isn't it? I, I think you would really enjoy this book. You should, uh, you should look it up. Yeah, I should definitely look at that. Yeah. Turtle Traders. Wow. So fascinating study of how that worked. And a lot of people actually dropped out of the program for the specifically stated reasons of, I just can't do this. I can see it's successful. So what was it? Was the money getting into their head? Yep. When you imagine yourself trading $10 million, yeah. $100 million, mm -hmm. having that at risk at any one time, some people simply can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that I call emotional immunity that I work with my uh, students uh, on to, to develop emotional immunity mm -hmm. and just exactly for that reason. And that's not just on the, um, you know, not just on the profit side, but also on the risk side to start with, mm -hmm. like, what is the level that you are immune to? And you can always grow that immunity. You can always increase the that resistance and mm -hmm. and teach yourself. It's a sort of muscle memory that it, you know it touches you less and less. And then once you go too high, you will feel it, right? I can always go back. Mm -hmm. The problem is that a lot of traders they just want to make big steps. Yeah, I, I want to make a leap and I want to make million dollars tomorrow <laughs> yeah that's a guaranteed way to lose yeah yeah, yeah because you hurt yourself that the, the wounds are deep and then it's very hard to heal them right so um the last thing that i wanted to touch uh, upon mm -hmm. with you is that what is that learning process what, what would you recommend like how to learn trading because you know learning by doing costs money time and money and uh, is there any way to shorten the curve? Because, you know, there's so much help out there. There are courses, chat rooms, YouTube videos, and it seems like everyone makes money. <laughs> <laughs> but it somehow, it doesn't seem like the success rate is growing among retail traders. I think it's still over 90% failing, right? Mm -hmm. So what is that? What would be the perfect process? So I... I, I agree with you completely. I actually think that given the huge influx of traders into retail traders into the market, I uh, I saw a graph probably about a year ago. The number of retail traders has increased more than a thousand fold. Yeah. In the last six or seven years, which is incredible. Yeah. This. Hence the good earnings from uh, brokerages. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. And this is why all the brokerages can now give us free stock trading and all of that. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. I think it is incredibly difficult. It is almost impossible to find the right path on your own unless you get lucky. There's so much noise. There's so much nonsense by so many quote gurus who are simply out to squeeze a buck from you yeah that um it's almost impossible 
to find anything. I was I was incredibly lucky. I okay, maybe maybe this is worth boasting about a little. Maybe because of my personality, maybe because of how I speak to people, I was lucky enough to connect with some old-time professional traders, some people who are actually retired from um, CBOE, several people of that sort, who helped me along. Now, again, none of them would simply come out and say, do this, this, and this, and you'll make money. That's not how it works. Isn't it interesting that actually people who you can trust, they will never promise you that you will make money or that you will make a million or 100,000 a month because they know they cannot promise never. it. So maybe that's the first warning <laughs> for everyone. Exactly. If anyone makes this kind of claims, uh, just, you know, that's a red flag for sure, right? I, I agree. And this is what is out there. 99.999% of everything that is out there is literally that. I wish when I was learning that there would be someone I could completely trust and that they would take my hand and, and help me. Uh, but still, till this point, I, I feel that there is not really many people in the market that, that can do that for you. And, yeah. and because of that, still the path is you, you know, people losing accounts many times and, and losing their confidence and end up in that failing cycle and stuck. Now, I actually do have a positive recommendation. One of the, one of the incredibly few, and this, I must admit, I was lucky to run across this myself and it's free. All right, bring it on. I will. Now, again, nobody gives away alpha. Nobody tells you how to just go in and make money. And that's no, that does not happen. You can just throw that completely out of your head. It simply does not happen. Simply because if someone can actually make money in the market, why would they want to charge you money? Right. Why would they need to? Why do they need to take that counterparty risk? and deal with you and, uh, uh, you know, charge you and go through setting all that up when they can simply go into the market and make money. Okay, so that's that's an absolute rationale. Someone who sets out to charge you money to teach you, that should be the biggest red flag there is. And that's, as I said, 99.999% of the market, okay? I happen to be lucky to connect on a personal level with professionals and learn enough of the right thinking from them to actually build that into myself and start learning how to make money. So it's a very indirect, very difficult approach, certainly not for everyone. Gotcha. And again, it involved quite a bit of luck. That That is the from the options trading side of the house, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's difficult. On the stock trading side of the house, um, this this is actually something that I ran across in a futures forum, talking to an old style trader, um, a guy named of uh, Daniel Bones, okay. a wonderful guy to to follow on uh, on Twitter. And Dan mentioned this um, strategy mm -hmm. put together by a guy named of Rob Smith called the Strat, and after seeing you know, a million gurus advertising this stuff. I was incredibly skeptical. And I sort of kept that at the back of my mind. But I kept running across it on Twitter, other places. And I thought, you know, I don't really believe in directional trading as most options traders don't. I mean, we trade volatility, directionality, 
that's a real questionable thing. How the hell can you possibly predict which way stock is going to move? <laughs> but I decided at one point, and uh, with the market being uh, varying in volatility as much as it did, there was a point during the last year when I said, you know, I need to back off because very few good trades are coming down the pike, and I don't want to take extreme risk. Let me put some time in toward finding out if this is real in the first place. And Rob Smith is—he's uh, also a retired trader. <laughs> I, I seem to—I seem to run across a lot of these people real quickly. Rob has put together the strategy from all of his experience in the market, called that he calls simply the Strat, and it is directional trading. And this is what I'm trying to learn. A lot of it, again, goes against what I always thought that, you know, directional trading, is it really possible? Well, it is. And in my experience and with the tremendously helpful community around the strat, I have been um, I have been gaining some measure of success around directional trading, which has been amazing to me. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, if uh, you have any link, we can we can post it. So if anyone wants to check it out or just probably Google the name and they will find it, right? Yeah, uh, the strat is uh, Rob is uh, at the site called sepiagroup.com. Mm -hmm. Sepia is in the color, S-E-P-I-A okay. group.com. Uh, there's a lot of tremendous amount of free material on YouTube from him and from people who work with him but also at cpagroup.com. Check them out. Awesome. Thank you for the recommendation. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining us and for this uh, candid conversation today. Agnieszka, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure to be here. I hope uh, it will help traders who are listening to this to gain some perspective and understand that, first of all, learning trading is a process. And since this is one of the most challenging and demanding jobs out there with a huge amount of risk, it requires more learning and preparation than any other occupation. And to survive, you must know your weak sides and address them as soon as possible, whether it is a strategy, the technical knowledge, or the emotional and mindset side of it. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoy my show, please rate it, review it on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you can come back for a real life conversation in the next episode. Until then, this is Agnieszka Wood from A Head Coach. And don't forget, you too can realize your dream without losing yourself and your confidence in the process. Thank you so much, Ben, for being here. My pleasure.